Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is another edition of Phillies today, I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, October the 1st, and the Phillies are officially, officially, officially eliminated from the postseason. The Braves celebrate last night on their own field as they take care of the Phillies 5-3, to three, finishing off a sweep of the Phillies in what going in, as we talked about, though a, a long shot to make the playoffs was the biggest series the Phillies have had in a decade. And they got swept. So, you know, not ideal. The only thing left to root for, if you want to call it that, is is that they win one of their last three so that for the 10th straight year, they don't end up with a record 500 or lower. Um, obviously, for the 10th straight year, they will not make the playoffs. That is the second longest drought in all of Major League Baseball. The second longest drought in all of Major League Baseball, the longest drought is the Seattle Mariners. Guess what? They are tied for the second wild card right now in the American League with the Boston Red Sox. So that there is a chance, there is a real chance that at the end of this season, the Philadelphia Phillies, your Philadelphia Phillies will own the longest postseason drought in Major League Baseball. Ignominious. Not something that you want to be known for, and that is where the Phillies are. And, you know, it's it's obviously frustrating. I mean, look, we spent the whole season kind of talking about how frustrating this team is, this organization is, all that stuff. But, um, you know, it really puts a, uh, a, real, a real hammer to it, so to speak. You know, the, the hammer is, is the 10th the straight year, no playoffs, no, you know, if they do have a winning record, barely winning record, and and the chance to be the longest drought in baseball is is something. You know, this is a a major market baseball team. You know, and we've got all kinds of teams that don't nearly use the resources that the Phillies do, who have been to the playoffs in the last decade, and you know, teams that are like 110 lost teams this year, like the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've been in the playoffs multiple times more recently. The Orioles, 100-loss Orioles in the playoffs more recently. The Pirates, the Marlins, all these basement dwellers, all the teams we look at as the dregs of Major League Baseball, they've all been to the playoffs more recently than the Philadelphia Phillies. It's an indictment of this organization. It really is, and it only underscores just how incredibly incredibly important this offseason is for this franchise on multiple levels. We're going to get to the front office of it all because, you know, that is 
Paramount and, and Matt Gelb with a scathing piece about the quote-unquote toxic culture in player development in the minor leagues. We'll get to that. But um, just from a major league roster standpoint, you know, moving into this offseason, Dave Dombrowski really has a lot on his plate. Again, you know, we've talked a lot about what the Phillies should do, how they should go about it, how they should move this franchise forward. And and as I've said, you know, I, I like in a vacuum, um, the smartest thing to do for the long-term health of the Philadelphia Phillies is probably to, to rebuild. Now, I don't know if that, how that translates to, to the fan base and not wanting to lose fans or not wanting this, that, like there's a whole other aspect to this, but just from a pure baseball standpoint, the smartest thing is probably to rebuild, but uh, there's a 0% chance that's what they'll do. They've already invested too much in this group, this crew, and I think they have to add to it. We've talked about it. I think you know, going over the luxury tax is really the only way that this team is going to get to where they want to be with this group right now. Um, and there are a lot. there's a lot to fix. We'll get to it. I want to get to um, the most important things Dave Dombrowski has to do this offseason outside of the single most important thing to do, which is set the franchise on the right track through the player development and minor league hires and all that and, and recreating that. You know, getting them firing in the same direction, but but quickly, I do want to touch on what Girardi had to say yesterday. After again, the Phillies lose five to three in Atlanta. No need to dive into it all. Just a, another disappointing game. Harper zero for four. A horrible, horrible Atlanta series. I still think he deserves the MVP without question, but certainly did not show up in the biggest series of the season. Kyle Gibson didn't show up. Nobody showed up. They just got beat five to three. It was five nothing. The majority of the game, Phillies scored two in the seventh, one in the eighth to make it seem interesting but it wasn't it was over it was done and uh you know that's what happens they, they the season is over they had no no juice no juice for the biggest series of the season no juice think about that the biggest series in a decade and they came in and the offense went anemic they just got shut down by the Braves the Braves were so far and away the better team in this important series Girardi commenting on him and Girardi I believe we'll be back next year. I would not bring him back. If I were Dave Dombrowski, I would fire Joe Girardi. I don't think there's any chance that happens. Dombrowski's already spoke somewhat glowingly of, of Girardi. And also, of course, you know they do owe him money. And, and we've seen this organization is not always willing to just part with guys. We'll get to that with Didi, too. We'll, we'll talk about that. But um, I think Girardi's back. Here was Girardi after the season. Some comments. That I don't love. Uh, Girardi, after the dismal finish... Um, from the Inquirer, uh, the quotes from the Inquirer, uh, talking about, um, does he feel optimistic following a disappointing September? And Girardi says, I am. Okay. Explain, Joe. Joe says, uh, goes on to say, we're not where we want to be today, but I think there's progress. I do. I think there's been improvements in this club. I know we still have improvements to make, but I've seen areas of improvement. We need more, and we need to make more improvements, and we need to have young players come up and have impacts. But I do see optimism. You look at the rotation that we're forming here, I think it's pretty good. You look at some of the power arms that we've had in the bullpen, I think they have a chance to be pretty good. It's really hard to win in this game if you don't have pitching. He goes on. He said it's really hard. It takes a lot of things to go right to maintain success. Interesting quote coming up here from Girardi. He says, Your minor leagues have to be a feeder. It has to be a lifeline. I always call the minor leagues a lifeline because when you need someone to come up and replace someone, they're there. 
where if somebody goes down for three weeks, that piece is there for you to do it. You can't just go out and sign every free agent. You can't do it. And as much as we would love to see John Middleton, we as much as we would love to, and John Middleton is extremely generous, he just couldn't afford it. So you have to help from all different directions. Some of it is luck. Some of it is luck of draft picks staying healthy in their development. Some of it is the health of the team that's here. There's so many things that go into it, but you have to be somewhat fortunate to have years and years of winning where you have to have a young core that wins and they stay together. It's impressive what some of these teams can do. All right, a lot to unpack there. Some I like, some I don't. Um, The first part, I don't like. Like, don't shine us on about improvement, Joe. We saw this team. It's the same thing. It's 80 and 82, 81 and 81, 29 and 31, 81 and 78 right now. And that it's the same thing. Don't give me that, dude. What improvement did we see? What improvement did we see this year? Yes, they won, they had an eight-game winning streak. That wasn't something they had done before. Woohoo! Like, come on. Don't shine us on about that. I understand that he's the manager and he has to put a somewhat rosy face on on you know moving into next season after but you just got eliminated from the playoffs you think the fan base wants to hear oh i feel good about it yeah we improved no we don't we want to hear you say yeah this sucks we weren't good enough we failed there is not optimism when you do the same thing you did last year when you keep making the same mistakes when you had Ample opportunity to win one of the worst divisions we remember. When you were given a gift, a a blessing of a National League East that was a disaster this year. The Braves didn't even have a winning record for 126 days this season. And they won the National League East. I want to hear that, Joe. Enough of this. I'm I'm optimistic. We, we, there was real improvement. Our, our pitching's good. No, dude. You guys just lost the division. Enough of this. Show some some toughness, some chutzpah, some some fight. Be angry that your season is over. All right. That's how I feel about that part. That's the part I didn't like. Now, what I will say I didn't hate is I don't hate that Joe Girardi kind of Took some shots at the minor leagues and at the organization. Like, I don't know if it's the smartest thing. Everybody's like, hey, I can only do so much. Look at the talent on this roster. Look at the fact that when someone gets hurt, we have to cycle to Nick Maton and Luke Williams and this and that and all these guys who aren't ready. I don't blame him at all for saying that. That's If you've listened to this show this year, and I doubt you're coming in on October 1st for your first listen, and if you are, hey, how are you? How's it going? Um, but if you're if you're not, you know that my rallying cry this year was institutional depth. The fact that this roster, the reason that in the end I thought they weren't going to make the playoffs in the end, I didn't believe other than that eight-game win streak with shined me on and got me in. Um, and, you know, first since 2011, I, mean, I was excited. But why I was really out on this team all year from a, a playoff perspective was they didn't have the roster depth. That you look at all these other great teams and someone gets hurt and they can just cycle guys in and out. It's like, oh, 
we had an injury, let's go to the minors and pull up this guy who's absolutely ready to play in Major League Baseball. Might not be the best ever, but this guy's going to give you quality innings or quality at-bats or whatever. Like, the Phillies don't have that. Like, they had a couple guys. Like, Matt Veerling was a nice little surprise, but that was for like a month. The Phillies just didn't have that. They don't have that depth, that ability to bring up prospects to pitch out of your bullpen or... To, to give you a spot start. They went the last month, two months of the season, whatever it was, throwing a bullpen game every fifth day. In a massively important series. If you want to look back and say the season ended on Sunday against the Pirates, which, you know, in a lot of ways it did, they lost the season on a bullpen game. And what a bullpen game tells you, and look, I, um, holistically, from a, a um, you know, general, like, Perspective. I actually think bullpen games are are there's real value to them if if they're executed right, and if you have an awesome bullpen, <laughs> the Phillies have neither of those. We're not executing it right, and also just don't have a good enough bullpen for it to be valuable. Like, and the bigger takeaway from that is the Phillies are telling you that in September of a pennant race with a chance to win the division, they do not have a starter in their system ready to pitch at the major league level, who they feel is a better option than a freaking bullpen game. Like, think about that. Think about that. The Phillies are saying to you that for a playoff September, in the race for the National League East down until the last week of the season, every fifth day you're going bullpen game. That's the best you got with a... Bad bullpen. Mediocre at best, but let's be honest, a bad bullpen. That's that's it? That's what you got? I mean, that is a massive, massive organizational indictment of the talent on this roster, top to bottom. Minor leagues, all that. Like, that is a just crushing indictment that they felt their best option in these important spots was a bullpen game. So, like, I don't... I actually really like that Girardi kind of called that out and said, hey, look, I'm doing the best I can here with with what I got. I am deficient. Because he is. And I think Joe Girardi's done a bad job this year. Certainly more bad than good. Certainly more bad than mediocre. I said I'd fire him. But he definitely is working with a deficient roster. Like, from that perspective, and, and on a basic level, I think... Major League Baseball managers don't do that much. You know, I think that the manager matters to a point, but I don't think you're winning five more games or losing five more games because the manager's 10 more games, whatever it is. I just thought Joe Girardi had a bad year in terms of in-game decisions. But but at the same time, like, I also don't think his players helped him out, you know? And, and there were spots where he probably made the right call and the players made him look bad and all that. So I... I... I'm not a big Girardi fan, but I think he's going to be back. But Girardi is a much smaller problem than the roster, is what I'm trying to say. As much as I don't think Girardi's the answer, he he is not as big a problem as the roster. And he made that clear, and he's right. The lack of minor league institutional depth that can come up and start games for you, play games for you, fill in spots when guys get hurt, like that's ultimately what sank this team. That's the difference between you know having 81 wins right now and having 90 or whatever. You know, like... So I do think that is, or 89 or 88 or whatever, you're in it. You're, you're probably winning the division. You know, it's, it's, I'm happy Girardi brought that up because he's right. He's right. But at the same time, I also do not at all like the shine on that he gave us at the end. All right. 
looking at the offseason, and we'll have one more show on Monday. We'll come back to wrap the season, and we'll really look at, I, I want to save the Dombrowski offseason stuff for then in terms of the roster, because I want to look at the roster, and I want to look at some of the fun moments from the season, but I want to look at the roster and what has to happen this offseason. That'll be Monday as we lead into the offseason. We're going to really look at the position spots that, that Dave Dombrowski is most going to have to focus on this offseason to rebuild this team. But first, today, before we get out of here, I want to talk about this Matt Gelb article and talk about the whole thing here because I do think that on a, on a very basic level that is the single most important thing for the Phillies. Like the single thing that will ultimately decide the next decade of the franchise, the next 20 years of the franchise, is these decisions. These decisions that that Dave Dombrowski has to make this offseason. You know, this is a just a unbelievably important offseason for so many levels, for so many levels, because this is a franchise that right now is in a a bit of a precarious spot. Like, obviously, from a, a major league perspective, the fact that you have made the playoffs in a decade, that alone, you know, puts you in a precarious spot. But, you know, you've got one of the worst minor league systems in Major League Baseball, somewhere in the late 20s, mid-20s, depending on where you look. Um... And you just essentially rebuilt for five years and then trying to make a move for five years. And, and you've come out of it with a mediocre 500 major league team and no talent in the minors. I mean, it is it is astounding how bad Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail were at their jobs. It is, I mean, they're in the running for worst executives I've ever seen in this city. I mean, they have to be. What they did, what, they, what the opportunity they had... To lose all those games, have those high draft picks, to come out of it with practically nothing from that perspective. You know, I still believe Alec Bohm can be a good hitter in Major League Baseball, but man, what a what a miss over and over misses they had. And then what they did with the Major League roster, the position they put this team in, like just a absolute disastrous job by Andy McPhail and Matt Clintac. And one of the ways you see the biggest issues were what this Matt Clint, what this uh, Matt Gelb article talks about. Um, talking about, you know, how many, how much dysfunction there is within this organization, particularly on the player development minor league side. You know, uh, one quote from the article, um, multiple members of the organization described a toxic culture in player development. There was backstabbing and browbeating. There were not just mixed messages, but messages that were designed to mute certain employees. There was working for credit and credit only. And those who fell into job preservation mode. There were people, both tenured and newer employees, who no longer felt empowered to coach. Player development blamed scouting for a lack of talent, and scouting blamed player development for a lack of progression. I mean, think about that. Brian Manitti, he goes on. Brian Manitti, who was fired in August, was in charge of both departments. And the players were caught in, caught in it all, cogs in an organization that couldn't articulate an actual player development philosophy. And then he goes on to point out the failings of McPhail and Klentak and, and how they you know attempted to build it up and, and did a poor job. And, and what you keep taking away from this is the, the big thing, and, and it's what Dave Dombrowski talked about when he made the firings of Brian Manitti and Josh Bonifay and um, um, Chris Truby and all that, um, was the idea that this is a... a an organization from the player development minor league you know, perspective where no one was working together, where everyone was looking out for themselves and everyone had a different goal in mind and everyone had a different way of moving this thing forward. And, and that's a disaster. That's a disaster in any type of organization you work in, wherever you work, whatever you do. 
that's going to be a disaster. It's never going to work if you have a bunch of people trying to do different things and trying to fight with each other and trying to claim credit and trying to beat the other one out and all that. Like, disaster. We're talking about drafting and player developing. Like, there is nothing in sports that should work more harmoniously than the drafting player development thing. Like, that's the whole thing. That's the whole point of a franchise. Dombrowski's talked about it. you got to develop your own players. That's baseline. That's the number one thing you have to do. And I know this franchise has not done it for 100 years, but, you know, other than a few pockets. But, I mean, that's, that's what they have to do. Like, this is so incredibly important to set this right, to fix this toxic culture, this toxic organization. And I do think that they've... You know, and I know that Dombrowski wants to balance the old and the new, and I'm good with that, man. Like, I'm fine with it. I do think, again, as I've said many times, you know, you just don't want to go too far the other way, too far of a reaction to the, the analytics because, hey, every team that wins uses analytics in some way or another. I mean, again, the Rays, the Dodgers, the Giants, like all these teams, all of them, you know, the Yankees, the, the Red Sox, I mean, all of them, like every single one, every single team that's winning, the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, runs the Toronto Blue Jays, Mark Shapiro, you know who used to run the Cleveland Indians. It's all like, they're all the smart people running these teams and doing the right things. The Phillies need to be like that. And I am, again, I'm good with the blend. Like, I really do think certainly, especially with coaching and stuff, there is a blend. I don't think it's all analytics. You need that feel. You need to understand the human side of things and all that type of stuff. I think it's massive. I'm a... You know, if you've listened to me here anywhere, that one of my biggest things is athletes are humans, and we don't talk about it enough. We look at them as these kind of robots sent out to, to you know, perform for us. But they're they're also just human beings with with feelings and issues, and they go through things and all that. But anyway, that's you know, a different topic. But I, I do think marrying the two is is massively important. But on a basic level. To the point of this article and to what we think Dave Dombrowski is trying to achieve and what we think Preston Mattingly is a higher towards is the idea of putting together an organization where everyone works together, where everyone is firing in the same direction, where everyone is saying, all right, this is what we look for in a player. This is how we develop that skill. This is what we look for in a player. This is how we develop that skill. This is the type of player we want for this position. We get that guy. We teach him this way. To make him this, this, and this. Like, it should all work together. It should be, again, to use the word, the word that comes to mind is harmonious. It should be a harmonious working environment. And look, any sort of competitive environment here, and there's always going to be butting heads. There's always going to be people trying to, to further their careers for themselves. I get that. I'm not saying it's like perfect, you know, happy, you know, kumbaya. But... You do need something where everyone at least knows their job and knows what they're supposed to be teaching and how they're supposed to be teaching it and knows what what qualities they're looking for in players. Like, these are simple things. Simple things where you are trying to find the right player, the right players, the right people for your organization, and then you know how you take that lump of clay and mold it into what you want it to be. This is, you know, that's, that's what this organization has to figure out this offseason, and that's why he hired Preston Manningly. And that's why he has talked so much about this. And I, I do appreciate that because, again, and uh, again on Monday in the last show of the season, we will, we will dive into the offseason from a, a major league roster perspective. But, but no matter what we talk about on Friday, no matter what they do to the major league roster this offseason, no matter what pitchers they add or what hitters they add or whatever, it won't come close to the level of importance that these Dave Dombrowski decisions will have. 
They are the single most important thing that will happen this offseason. Preston Mattingly and these other hires. Setting up the organization to be healthy from a drafting and developing perspective is the single most... We talk about it all the time. Everybody knows it. It's so clear what the most important thing with this franchise is. And I think Brian Barber is very good. I like his first two drafts. I like the way he goes about his business. I think there's a reason Dave Dombrowski kept him here. I think Barber and Mattingly... That could be really cool. I'm excited about Mattingly. But these hires are so important. It's important to get the right people. People are going to work together. People are going to build something together. And people are going to change this franchise into something that resembles the great teams in baseball. That is not the freaking Phillies of the vast majority of our life. It's time to change the narrative. It's time to change things. And Dave Dombrowski is someone who someday will probably be in the Hall of Fame. Dave Dombrowski is someone who has won a lot of baseball games in the role he's in. This is a really big spot for him to, to put his stamp on a massive franchise like the Phillies. It is a massive opportunity for him where in 20 years we could be talking about what Dave Dombrowski did to change the fortunes of the Phillies forever. It's that kind of that kind of offseason. I know that sounds grandiose, but it is. It has that potential. So you gotta make the right hire, so. Um, and either way, look, uh, enjoy the weekend. You know, if you want to watch the Phillies Marlins, great. If you don't, you don't have to, I'll be watching. I'll tell you about it on Monday and, uh, we'll, uh, of course look ahead to the off season and, uh, and as always, maybe next year. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it all though again. And, and, uh, you know, we'll talk on Monday, but everyone, thank you so much for listening. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Hanging with me to talk Phil's because I love it and uh, I'm assuming you love it too. So uh, until Monday, have a wonderful weekend and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.